Hello, and welcome to Awesome Leaders, Lessons for Food Business Success. This is a podcast aimed at supporting the development and growth of women-owned food and beverage processing businesses in the Canadian prairies. Our guests include industry experts as well as food and beverage entrepreneurs to provide knowledge, real-world examples, and inspiration. My name is Bailey Gervais, and on behalf of the Awesome Program, I'll be your host today. Welcome to Episode 2 of Awesome Leaders, Lessons for Food Business Success. Last episode, we had Daria Malin uh, join us from Boost Strategic Coaching to explain to us the importance of clear, concise messaging that's tailored to different relationships and different stakeholders of your business and give us some great tips for building relationships and um, doing some marketing for our business. And this week, we are going to actually walk through the exercise that Daria was explaining to us with one of our members in the awesome program, whose name is Grace Clark. And Grace owns a business called Nutri-Meals uh, based out of Calgary, and it is a meal prep company that delivers fresh, healthy, and delicious pre-made meals, delivering them across Alberta and directly to your door. Nutri-Meals' vision is to create a space where healthy meals and convenience can coexist. They work hard to ensure every meal their chefs prepare is of high-quality nutrition, and their meals are fully cooked and ready to eat and only require a quick heat in the microwave. They offer these pre-made meal delivery services, subscriptions, as well as a custom meal plan option where a nutritionist will gather your personal information about your life, overall health, fitness, energy, and preferences, and come up with a personalized weekly meal plan that fits your specific wants and needs. So it's a really great um, niche on the meal prep business and very, very cool concept. The pre-made meals game is tough, um, but they've been executing it very well. And it's very encouraging and exciting to see someone do this uh, so close to home. Thank you so much, Bailey. That was a lovely intro. I could, don't think I could have introduced myself as well as you introduced me. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, yes, I was doing some research on your website and I know you were in the accelerator program. So I kind of heard about your business through that, but it was really cool to um, see just how much care and um, planning and passion goes into what you guys do. It's it's not your regular old HelloFresh meal subscription. So yes, it's uh, I love you. I love the idea. I wish it was available in Saskatoon. Thank you. Ho- hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say any plans. Yeah. yeah, I love the aspect of it too. That it's it's actually pre-made. Like you know, with some of those other. Um, subscription boxes. They're, they're fine. And I, we've tried them in our household and, and it's nice. I usually do all of our cooking, but it's, it's a nice way for my husband to be like, here you go. Uh, This is what you're going to make for supper tonight. And all the instructions are there and I don't have to walk anybody through it. So those have their place as well, but sometimes you just want something that's like actually ready to go and actually going to be healthy. So yeah, congratulations on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that. Like, of course, the the meal kits they do they do have their place, but having a ready to eat meal like cooking is one of the last things 
I want to do, and I'm sure others share that experience as well. And when you come home from a long day or you're, you know, you have mm-hmm. 10% left in your tank for the day, you don't want to spend that cooking. You would rather do other things. So, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride and definitely the, the ready-to-eat meal space. Oh, boy, is it a challenge. I did not ever think that yeah. it would be this challenging. Yeah. It's, it's extremely rewarding, don't get me wrong, but... Um, had no, uh, no mm-hmm. one tell us how hard it was going to be until we were in the thick of it going, oh boy, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations on navigating it this far. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And we also have Daria back on the line and, uh, Daria is going to, basically, I'm going to pass the conversation off to the two of you. And Daria will walk Grace through the exercise that we talked about last week. And um, we'll get to kind of just like listen in on a little on a little coaching session. And you can take your notes at home and kind of think about how these messages would um, apply to your own business. And it's kind of neat that we have you, Grace. I know we've talked um, a bunch about um, businesses that want to approach grocery realtor, realtors and things like that. And this is just like another, another avenue and another way that we can see this in action. So I am excited. So I'll kind of just turn it over to you two ladies and I can pop in and out with questions if I have any, but feel free to just awesome take advantage of this time with Daria. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so hello, Grace. Hi, Daria. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> yes, you too. Uh, I also am hoping you'll be in Saskatoon because that would be really helpful for me. <laughs> Especially because, yeah, people get home from school and then they have to go somewhere right away. There's dancing or there's hockey or there's whatever. And so sometimes as much, even if it's in a kit, I don't have time to assemble it. I just want to, I need to be out of the house in 20 minutes. So, um, yeah, definitely. Great yeah. Content. And I, I find that even when I'm in those situations, I make some horrible food <laughs> yeah. choices, like horrible. <laughs> That's a good point actually too, is the, you know, pre-planning can only get you so far when you still don't have time to cook it, but the choices end up being good or bad, depending on how panicked you feel. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. And then that's not going to get you the the greatest, you know, long-term results if we're looking at, you know, the longevity of preventative health with taking care of yourself with good food, then yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah, we, it all has its time and space and everything and all that. So, so, so our last podcast, we talked, walked through those first two steps of building a business development strategy and they were defining who your main target audiences are for your communications and then figuring out what they need to hear from you so that they understand why to engage with you, why you as a, you know, product choice or why you as a partner or why you as a, uh, as a, yeah, product on their shelf in, if it's a, you know, retail kind of food product. Mm -hmm. So, Before I jump into that, though, I always find that it's really helpful to understand your why. Before we jump into, you know, how you're going to communicate that to the world, uh, I would love to hear from you why you started the business. What was your main motivation or what did you see as an opportunity? I love that you're asking me this question because up until about three months ago, I would be running out the door. Really? If someone had asked me this question, I this question... Um, really, and it's a great question that everyone, you know, you, like you should have an answer to it, but 
I think that um, it really kind of not I don't want to say the word triggered but I guess it kind of triggered like the imposter syndrome mm. in me yeah. where I was like should I even be in this position I'm you know quite a young female entrepreneur there's so many you know like barriers and all of this imposter syndrome that kind of goes through your brain mm-hmm. um but it really for me personally it boils down to helping people get the nutrition and the healthy meals that they need because like we literally were just saying when you're in a pinch of time and you're making poor food choices and that continues and you go okay now it's month six of being on the go constantly and making over and over the same poor food choices Mm -hmm. that is going to form some horrible habits for yourself and your your health is going to deteriorate Mm -hmm. and um there was I'm gonna get this source wrong so maybe we can put it in some kind of click the link below to read more (laughs) um but they they say that around 75 percent of um health spending is on um things that you could have prevented wow. with a healthy diet. Wow. And so if Nutrimeals can be that solution for people and just have some kind of impact on people's lives to help them live a healthier lifestyle, no matter what that looks like, because it looks so different mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. But if we can, that that's my why is I want to help people. I, I really truly believe that with a, a good healthy meal, it can speak volumes and it can go great lengths. Mm. That's amazing. Did you have a specific, like, I mean, I want to jump into the content of the two steps, but was there a specific thing that you did or that you experienced that led you to this idea? Were you in the food industry before or how did you find yourself with this idea? I was in the, I was in university straight out of the gate from starting this business. And so I, I grew up with a chef. My mom is a chef. And so kind of was always surrounded by food. Um, yeah. But no, I, I was not in, I had nothing to do with really the food industry before we started Nutrimeals. But yeah. I definitely have a, a passion for health and yeah. fitness and overall wellness. And yeah. so with all of those pieces of the puzzle kind of fitting together, I found myself as the owner, mm. one of the owners of Nutrimeals. <laughs> That's awesome. And I have to speak to the imposter syndrome. I had a similar experience and I think women have it way more than men. Men do have it too. But even top executives, um, often women will say, well, I'm only here because of this. I only became this because of this circumstance. Like they don't own that they're just the right person and that they have what it, what it takes. My very first, because I do a lot of speaking, my very first big stage, like huge, you know, 300 people at this conference, they flew me out, like a driver picked me up. That was, they didn't know it was my first actual speaking gig. They thought <laughs> I had done it for years. I'd done little things, but that was my first big one. And I have like the, you know, head microphone and I have these thick screens behind me. It's like insane. And I could not have felt more like an imposter. Like they're going to find out this is the first time I'm being paid this amount to do this thing. I knew I had the knowledge. I had 20 years of experience almost in the thing I was teaching. I was confident in that. But as a professional speaker, it was brand new. Guess who the keynote was for that day? Dr. Valerie Young, who wrote the imposter syndrome books. 
Like, can it get any worse? <laughs> so it was meant to be that that was my first big stage experience. And she's like taught for the Pentagon. She's done things like all over the world. She's worked for the White House and she was the keynote at this conference. So it was a really good, very quick reminder that we are all meant to be here and we are working hard and doing what it takes to bring to the table what we've promised. And that's all that matters. But anyway. I, I get that imposter syndrome thing. It was, that's how I started my speaking career. Um, okay. So we talked last time about that. The first, that often business owners skip strategy and jump right to tactics. They, they start to either make phone calls or go to events or advertise. And most people find that if they jump right to tactics without building strategy, their efforts won't they will fail to bring them the results that they are hoping for simply because we end up taking a scattershot approach. Our, our messaging is very muddled. We either say something different every time we communicate to the world or even what we're saying just isn't clear enough for people to get why they should care. So when I say we shouldn't skip strategy and jump right to tactics, strategy to me means defining who your audiences are figuring out what each one of those audiences need to hear from you, because not all of your audiences care about the same things from you. Therefore, they don't have like saying the same 30 second elevator pitch to them or the same tagline or the same main marketing message won't hit with everybody the same. And it's really hard to figure out where to market if you're trying to reach the whole world. (laughs) So let's jump in to your target audiences. For a lot of retailers, that just means which types of customers are going to come in. But for food producers and people in the food industry, I want to talk more about the different types of stakeholders. So let's spend some time, Grace, just brainstorming and making a big list of who are all of the people that you need to communicate with in your business or convince or engage. Yeah. And we can both write it down and then we're going to go back and use sure. That, yeah, that sounds great. And I think that one of the things that I found at least with the awesome program was that it was, um, I felt that Nutrimeal stood out ever so slightly just because we're not a CPG product and we're not on mm-hmm. grocery store shelves and it's not exactly mm-hmm. kind of in our scope. And so I felt that yeah. when you were leading this exercise in, um, in the awesome group, um, my mm-hmm. list of stakeholders was a little bit different, ever so slightly, just a little bit different. Like I know we'll have, of course, and you know, the, these apply to a lot of businesses, but of course your suppliers is one of ours for mm-hmm. sure. Like if we're not communicating mm-hmm. clearly with our suppliers, then how are we going to get the results and how are we going to, how are we going to be a good client for mm-hmm. our suppliers and, and kind of build the relationship that way? Um, so I would definitely say suppliers is one of them. Um, employees I think is, is really big for us too. And I think that that might even get over overlooked. Um, yeah, our employees are people that we talk to every single day. And I think it's important that you have a strategy for how you as like almost like a PR strategy. Yep. Well, they need to understand your why, but you also need to think what, what would motivate them to keep buying in and keep connect, like keep connected to your business. Because if, they don't stick around because they don't feel connected, Mm -hmm. then you're in trouble. You can't serve any of your other Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, employees is one of them. Um, Definitely our customers and um, even like our our social followers as well. Um, Mm -hmm. 
lenders at the bank and student mm-hmm. things like that, like lenders, loans. You know, the, I feel like those are being like my top kind of bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and like suppliers can, can speak to, you know, our food suppliers, our packaging suppliers, our, even our distributors for our deliveries, because that is mm-hmm. because we're a direct to consumer. Um, that yeah. plays a huge role in how we're getting our product to our customers. Yeah. For sure. And so, yeah, you definitely have those. There are a few groups already um, and I don't want to complicate it, but for some that are more like you and it is more the end users, normally you would pick three target markets of end users when you're doing your actual marketing. So can you, let's do that as a part two. Again, I don't want to complicate it, but I do think it's important for people to understand this because those who are listening who do a lot of marketing to the end user, they're going to know, well, I have a bunch of different types of people that buy from me. So you can apply the same tool, like Bailey, you said last time, you can reapply these as your business changes and grows to who you need to focus on now. And so generally you're going to find that there's more than one type of customer that uses your services. So let's brainstorm those for the benefit of everybody listening so that they can walk through that same process. So who are some of the different types of customers you have? Yeah, absolutely. So we have busy working professionals using our product. We have people Mm -hmm. looking to either have uh, some support with some weight loss or weight gain. Mm-hmm. Some who are mm-hmm. looking for a more um, nutritious side and approach to to um, meal prep. Um, we mm-hmm. also have a lot of elders, actually, who mm-hmm. use our product. Mm-hmm. And it's probably my favorite c- customer base to talk to because they're so sweet. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, and we also have a lot of singles, mm-hmm. single individuals, because it, it is quite challenging to cook for just one person. Yeah. Um, lots of waste involved. Yeah. Um, so I said, busy working professionals, nutrition people, elders, and singles, yeah. singles, I'd mm-hmm. say that's like the majority of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, um, when you're thinking of those and you're thinking of messaging and even where you would market to them, they're not, it's not all the same. No, you know, your busy working professionals are going to need to hear what from you. They're, they're going to need to hear it first from a friend because they're busy working professionals aren't <laughs> typically on socials. I mean, yeah. if they are, it's, you know, for maybe 10, 20 minutes whenever they can get some, mm-hmm. um, you know, social media input. Mm-hmm. And, and what they need to hear is that it's, it's healthy and it's convenient. And mm-hmm. probably they need to hear that there's a subscription involved so they don't have to remember to mm-hmm. keep ordering. Mm-hmm. What about elderly? This is new, actually. So this is super new, and we haven't even really tried to target elderly individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it would probably also be beneficial to have some word of mouth with, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the elder community Mm -hmm. and the elderly community. And they need to hear that it is nutritious um, for to, to be able to get nutri- um, the nutrients that they need for their, their body at their stage of life. Mm-hmm. And um, that it's also convenient for them to um, get that, that delivered and they don't need to go out to a store to oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. buy ingredients. And, and a lot of um, with, with, the, with the elderly folks, they have a lot of like um, 
health concerns as well. So like diabetic or they need to have low sodium or mm-hmm. high fiber, things like that. Um, and just a lot of times, especially if you're, if you're having health challenges, you're not going to have the capacity to even be in the kitchen cooking. Right. Yeah. Like you mentioned the not going to the, not having to go to the grocery store, which is a big deal, but also it's just done. You just have to put it in the microwave. So that's a convenience that, and I mean, there are other food services, but you know, there's varying qualities, you know, like the, of the types of food services delivered to seniors. And so this is another alternative for them. Yeah. So let's spend some time doing the same thing with your lenders and well, which two? So we've got suppliers, employees, lenders, customers. Let's look at two other ones and just make a little point form list of what each of those need to hear. A couple of those need to hear from you. So who would you like to talk about next? It, out of the list that I already gave you or new just, people? Yeah, lenders, employees, lenders. or suppliers. Let's talk about suppliers. Hey, okay. so um, we started to talk about it, but what kinds of things did they need to hear from you? What's important to them when it comes to you? interacting yeah so one of and I don't want this to be taken as an exaggeration but one of this the tactics that I like to use when I'm communicating with suppliers is that I won't be completely honest with my volumes I'll exaggerate them the slightest slightest bit so that I know that that supplier will be able to handle my growth yeah so so one of the main things they need to hear about you is what potential there is for them to be yeah, like how much how much purchasing power you have, how big of an account you're going to be. Yeah, absolutely, and and I yeah. and they also need to hear, um, you know, our quantities, our volumes, delivery times that things need to be dropped off. Like how frequently, like we'll get, like our our supplier with of uh, with GFS will mm-hmm. order will be delivered to us much more frequently than like our containers. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're like thinking from a marketing perspective, say we're looking to build a new relationship with a supplier, mm-hmm. what motivates them? What kinds of things would they need to hear from um, a producer to say, yes, I think that's somebody that I should say yes to. We pay our bills on time. <laughs> I wasn't trying to lead you to that answer, but I mean, yes, that's a big deal. It's we huge. Pay our bills on time. It, yeah. it, it is. It is huge. You don't want to have, you don't want to be that client that their accounts payable, no mm-hmm. accounts receivable is like hounding down to try and get payment from you. You don't want to be that person. <laughs> no, exactly. So, so that's a great example of how different messaging needs to be for suppliers than to your seniors who are buying from you, right? Like they're so different. They couldn't be more different. And so that's the big message I guess we want to get across with strategy is you can't just come up with a quick ad message about your product itself and think that's going to be your communication strategy for the whole world. Absolutely. So those are great examples. And then quickly, let's just say lenders what are some of the things that they need to hear from you um they need to you know they need to hear that we have you know i think again that we are paying our bills and we have good credit and we have a good business plan that does see a lot of growth and that has quite a lot of potential as well yeah yeah okay awesome okay so like we said step one is identifying who all of those audiences are so we've done that once we know who those are, then we figure out the messaging. And I, I always say that b- your brand is the story that's being told about you when you're not in the room. 
your brand elements are how your products look, your logo, your colors, all those pretty things you've created, those are brand elements, but they mean nothing if there's no story attached, if there's no meaning attached. I use the example often of Coca-Cola. Think about that red and white Coca-Cola logo. It's just a couple of words that have no meaning on their own. But when we see the Coca-Cola logo, we think of what? What are the, some of the things that come top of mind for you when you think of Coca-Cola or see that logo? The polar bears. Yes, polar bears, Santa Claus, singing on a hill together, the Olympics, yeah. like waving flag, exactly. And, and the names on the bottles too, that's what comes to mind yes. as well. Yeah. Totally. So that was the Coke, uh, um, share a Coke campaign where you mm-hmm. could actually get your friend's name on a Coke can and give it to them or a Coke bottle. So, so Coca-Cola decided years ago that their story is Coke brings joy and they have spent like a hundred years reinforcing that simple story with all of these things. In fact, did you know that the modern version of Santa Claus with the red and white outfit and jolly and chubby was actually popularized by Coca-Cola's marketing? Before that, you'd see tall, skinny Santas with a gray beard wearing green. You'd see all different kinds of Santas. And because they started using that red and white image, that became the most popular. So now... When you see this generic Coca-Cola logo that's just words on re- in red and white, all of those feelings, their story comes through. So that's why step two in our marketing strategy is figuring out your story. And we've talked about why it's so important to figure out the, the specifics that you're going to lead with for each of your main stakeholders so that they understand why to care. So... I offer three questions that you're going to answer for each of your main stakeholder groups to formulate your story to them. And those three questions are, what do we do? Why does it matter? And who should care? Bailey and I talked about this in the last podcast. So what do I do? Why does it matter? Who should care? The exercise that you'd go through would be to, like we did, sort of start point form listing all the things that are important to each of your groups. And now you look back at that list as you're trying to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? We, we state the facts. What actually are you selling? What are you offering to the market? Why does it matter? That's going to be the main emotional trigger or motivation for that audience, whether it's the suppliers, the lenders, or a specific customer group or your employees. And who should care? You're going to name that niche. So if you're thinking lenders, who should care? You know, business lenders who want solid products, great ideas, and um, uh, and to work with people with a, like a proven business plan or something, you know, it's not just any lenders that care. It's the ones who have these qualities or these values. So let's, for the second part of our podcast, actually spend time answering these questions for one of your audiences. And I think just because it's the most universal, let's think of one of your end user audiences. So out of your elderly, do you want to do your elderly because it's newer? Yeah, sure. Well, I think that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that will kind of help yeah. us go steer ourselves in the right directions. You bet. 
So how would you answer, and you might've done a little bit of this work for other niches because we, you were in the awesome program. So how would you answer? What do we do? I, like you said, just simply, you know, stating the facts, we offer ready to eat healthy pre-made meals. I would, I would just say whatever Bailey had as my intro and I just put it in there. (laughs) I know she does such a good job. I liked hers for me too. I was like, wow, I sound smart. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, this is amazing. Ladies, I just tweaked what was on your website. I know, but you did it in a really good way, and I appreciate that. I need okay. uh, I need Bailey's intro of me when I wake up every morning, <laughs> like on my ear, oh. just my daily just inspo. <laughs> take take the recording of this call and actually play it for Put it as your yeah. alarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. See all sorts of ideas for life in this episode. <laughs> um, why does it matter? That's the second question we're answering for your elderly uh, target audience. And we talked about things like um, they need specific nutritious um, considerations at this stage of life. Mm-hmm. They need to keep in mind, yeah, health um, health concerns and, and conflicts. They it needs to be convenient. They don't want it. It, it avoids having to go to the store to buy ingredients. Um, low sodium, high fiber, and even just the not having to cook. So. Yeah. Those are all the things we're going to get magically into one concise sentence. <laughs> that, see, that's the hard part. See, we've got all these ideas and then putting it into yep. like a concise sentence. That's the hard part. <laughs> exactly. So let's try though, and then we can tweak it as we go. So how would you answer? Why does it matter? Um, mm-hmm. Why does it matter? It matters because, um, you know, people at that stage of their life need to take extra care of themselves and, mm-hmm. This is just, you know, working through this is tough. Um, but I think that like the quality quality for of meals really matters because what's out there and what's given typically in, you know, old folks homes or like those senior care centers, if mm-hmm. you don't like what's served that day, you might not, you might be skipping out on a meal, which is kind of heartbreaking. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how we can form that into a concise sentence, but I think yeah. that has some really big emotional um like a big emotional piece to it yeah do you when you're picturing the seniors are you picturing more people who are at home or are there would it be a lot of people who are at a care facility and accessing an alternative because those almost are a bit of two different they're almost a bit different the elders that we are serving now are a mix of both so I'm not sure if we want to separate it into um you know folks who are actually in a care center or mm-hmm. folks who are, um, you know, maybe just in like a, a living space of, and, and you bring, and you get your own groceries delivered or something like that. Well, I guess I have a question around that. Um, when you're, is the subscription service, does it have to be a daily, like a meals every single day? Or are there some that are like, I could get two meals a week just so that we can to right now uh we do 10 meals in like minimum in each box so 10 meals in each box. yeah Yeah. so it could and and depending on you know how much of an appetite you have that could be like you know uh, obviously we serve it as one meal but depending on appetite could be two meals Mm -hmm. they're also freezer friendly so that could that's also an option yeah Okay, so so and then if somebody got ten meals, they could only get they could get that delivered once a month if they want. Yeah, they totally could. Yeah. So 
I think you can keep both um, living independently and living in a facility as one niche because uh, for the purposes of this uh, messaging, because we can, like, I would say with why does it matter? We'd say something like you need convenient. And I'm saying it out loud. This isn't going to be how it ends up because we're brainstorming, but you know, it's important to have nutritious, uh, consistent, meals without, um, having to shop and cook every day or something Mm -hmm. like you'd kind of get those kinds of words in there. And then under who should care, we could say seniors who want this as a regular thing or as an alternative to what they are supplied. Mm -hmm. Like you could kind of get that in the who should care. Because it could be people who want to rely on this as their main meal of the day, but it also could be just somebody who wants it as an alternative to what's already supplied for them. Yeah. Do you see how you could work both into that? Message? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see that. And I think yeah. that's really helpful and kind of, you know, gets us headed in the uh, the right direction when we're, you know, marketing to, to seniors. Yeah. So I'm just going to jot down who should care. Um you could, and even to to get more words, impactful words in in a shorter amount of time, you could say um, nutrition conscious seniors, mm-hmm. seniors who want an instant daily meal provided, or as an alternative to their regularly supplied or their regular. Um, offering or mm-hmm. something. You can work I out the actual really good. <laughs> final words. Yeah, it's close, right? And then when you start to say it out loud, you might want to tweak it just because, oh, I would never use that language in my day-to-day conversation, right? Yeah. But so just backing up to why does it matter? Um, we want to keep it concise. You could say um, mature adults need quality um, health conscious meals, but, or without the fuss of shopping or cooking without the constant fuss. Mm -hmm. I think that constant fuss is like a really good, I think that's a really good key, like two words that can apply to our employees, our suppliers our followers and our no like regardless of if they're elder customers or not I think that like the constant fuss of having to it's almost like it's funny that it's almost becoming like an inconvenience um yeah and even in like places outside of North America that houses are being like apartments are being built with no kitchens because everyone's just relying on this constant income and flow of food delivery I did not know that. That is crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's wild. And so it's it it is becoming a, a constant fuss and people don't seem to care yeah. for it. But the like I said at the beginning is that when we're constantly making poor food choices, it just and like bad habits start to form and our health mm-hmm. kind of starts to go yeah. down the drain a little bit. Yeah. 
Well, and constant fuss also applies to like every week because I do plan my meals, but it's like, what are we going to yeah. do this week? Yeah. And then, oh, we just had that two weeks ago and the kids won't accept it two weeks later. Like it's like a constant fuss of what? That's where when you do get, like I've had those meal kits delivered, at least you don't have to think about it yeah. really. You just click the ones that look good. Yeah, of course. So, and, and they're user yeah. friendly. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to read back to you. Now, this isn't 100% where it's going to be, but just so that people can hear how it would sound to have these sentences, the three sentences in a row, and then you play with it until you're super happy with it. Oh, and I would also say we offer ready to eat healthy pre-made meals delivered to your door because that's the key that people we can't assume people right. know to your door and you could also say like for the group that's the like working professionals you could say delivered to your door um by subscription just so they know they don't have to think about it again you could sneak in the word by subscription or you could do that for everybody because even for elderly people it's them or their kids that might be making the decision it's nice to not have to always think about it um by subscription okay so we offer ready to eat healthy pre-made meals delivered to your door by subscription why does it matter? Mature adults need quality, health-conscious meals without the constant fuss of shopping or cooking. Who should care? Nutrition-conscious seniors who want an instant daily meal provided or as an alternative to their regular offering. Daria, <laughs> you're a magician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what this when you get practiced, you get to, you will be able to do this for all of your stakeholders. Mm -hmm. That's the point. That's strategy. So you can see how when you're going to market to them or like I, cause I take care of my mom and we have to make decisions for her. So often when you're talking to the senior market, it's not actually the seniors, it's their caregivers, their children. Right. So you can see how saying those three sentences in conversations, if they're calling you or on your website or on any social media or radio advertising, whatever you do, you can see how that would hit with them. And then, of course, different messaging will go out that will talk to your busy professionals and different messaging will go out when talking to your the people looking to lose weight and eat better. Right. But that's why we build consistency and frequency in our marketing so that we can talk to each of these groups with enough um, repetition that they'll they'll catch what we need them to catch. And then you take the same, what do we do? Why does it matter who should care? And you answer for your suppliers, your lenders, your staff. That's how we use that tool. Once you've done that, people will then say, and we can wrap this up shortly. But so the last thing I'll say about this is that um, once you have this concise three sentences, you memorize it and then you use it everywhere. You use it in conversations. You use it when you're sending out an email reach out or uh, making a phone call or when you're at a trade show and you're talking to new suppliers or when you're doing a social post, you're taking pieces of this, these three sentences and that's your brand. That's your consistent story. Just like Coke brings joy and the polar bears. Yeah. So do you have any questions about these two steps, Grace, before we're done your mini, mini coaching session for the day? <laughs> no, I like, I, I wish I had questions, but honestly, this has been like clear as day. It's been so helpful, Daria. Like it's, it's, it's funny because when you're kind of sitting in front of a computer, I also would like to say that this is, I would like to say my first official coaching session. So I'm really grateful that it's with you. <laughs> so thank you for your awesome guidance. Um, but it, it's so funny that when you're, you know, like sitting in front of your computer or you kind of sit down to have a brainstorming session, it's, 
-hmm. you kind of get so jumbled up inside your own head of how you want to display your your messaging and how you want it to come out and Mm -hmm. unless you actually say the words out loud you're Mm -hmm. just kind of just going in circles and in circles Mm -hmm. and I think it's been Mm -hmm. super helpful to just piggyback these ideas off of you and just Mm -hmm. have a really clear pathway on on how we're going to get there because I am notorious for going okay that's a good idea I'm just going to figure out how to get there but not have any strategy around it yeah (laughs) totally well and you are just like everybody else where when it's your own business like we said it's hard to be able to see it from the outside what other people need to hear and it's also easy to have ideas but never know if they're the right ones for you specifically um, and also not be accountable to anybody where you just go, well, that's a good idea and then never do it. And so that's why I have it. Like my coaching company is specifically for that reason. I actually started it. I have a coach myself and I think he has a coach and he has a coach and she has a coach. And I wonder, I don't know where it, it doesn't ends. end. <laughs> it doesn't end probably, but we all need somebody to be accountable who has different experience than us, who can say, this is what you should do for mm-hmm. you based on their area of expertise. And so, um, and that's why I also in the rethink marketing program that, um, I think we mentioned in the last podcast, but my, my online course, um, I added a coaching call to that program. So even though you're doing the modules yourself, we get to spend an hour together doing this kind of work to make sure that the messaging is dialed in and stuff. So good. Well, this was fun. Thank you for yeah, playing Yeah, of course. Along. This was incredible. Thank you so much for all your expertise. Awesome. It's been fabulous. You're welcome. Thank Thank you you so much to you both, Daria, for sharing your expertise and Grace for being open to sharing your business as an example of how to work through this process. Um, I'm glad that you've found it helpful and hopefully you'll continue to incorporate the tool throughout your business um, owner lifetime. I think it's one to keep coming back to for sure. Um, Just to wrap up, Grace, do you have a latest food that you're loving or food discovery? I wish that I wish I could say yes. Um, and it's 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 funny enough that I right now am kind of going through what I described earlier and making some poor food choices. So I'm just going to plug my own business because <laughs> I, if I didn't have my weekly, like I just get myself five meals a week from from Nutri Meals, yep. and if I didn't have those. Like we would, we would not be in a good spot right now. So, um, I would definitely have to say my, uh, my secret hack is Nutri-Meals. And what's your, what are your two favorite meals from Nutri-Meals? Great question. Okay. First top number one is going to be the taco bowl. It has been the longest lasting meal on our menu. Although we do switch our menu and we rotate every two weeks, it has been on our menu for like the most historical period of time. Wow, bestseller. Okay. Something about a good taco bowl. You can't you can't go wrong. Okay. And then I would also have to say as a close second runner up would be our sun-dried tomato stuffed chicken breast. Mm, that sounds mm. fantastic. It is it is quite delicious. Oh. I'm so biased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Amazing. Okay. And then one work-life hack or resource that you're finding useful at the moment. Journaling, actually. Quite similar to to Daria with, I mean, the journaling that I'm not, that I'm doing isn't um, structured, but I'm just finding that with 
um, how, how busy life gets and how, you know, crazy it can get up here. It's just so helpful to, to put pen to paper and just, just kind of almost like word vomiting at the end of the day, just to kind of let it all go. Yeah. And then I, I tell myself that once I'm done writing, that's, that's it. Perfect. Those, those problems are in the book and it's going away. <laughs> that's the basically the exact advice a mentor of mine gave me about three months ago. And do you think I've started on it? Nope. <laughs> because I'm too busy to journal. So right, right. It's like all of these like life hacks. And then it's like, okay, hey, hang on, but I also need to do this, 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 and this. Yeah, exactly. So both of you have motivated me to start journaling more. And um, yeah, okay. Well, thank you so much both of you again for your time and for being my guinea pigs on this new podcast. The Awesome Program is an initiative of the Saskatchewan Food Centre. It's funded by Prairie's Economic Development Canada through the Women Entrepreneurship Strategy Ecosystem Fund. We are here to support women-owned food businesses through education, advising, and industry connections. Although we're based in Saskatoon, we serve members in Manitoba, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. For more info, visit the show notes or head to our website at beawesome.ca.